Hello and welcome to the Porty Podcast. I'm Hazel. And this week, Maureen Child described last week's episode as the best ever Porty Podcast. Thank you, Maureen. Well, I hope that you enjoy this week's episode as well. It was actually sparked by something that I read in the fabulous local newsletter that you write. You mentioned a story and it was a story really about a pollution event that happened in mid-January in the River Esk. But the story was being brought to us through the eyes of those who have a particular connection with the swans. I had to find out a bit more. So I went to speak with Rosie McGlynn, who has a particular connection with a swan that many of you might know, called Bonnie. So Bonnie was the resident swan in Figgett Park for 20 years. And in 2020, winter time, a new pair came to the pond. Bonnie's partner, Clyde. So Bonnie and Clyde were the resident swans. Uh-huh. And they had built a nest by the boardwalk in Figgett Park. Eggs were there. And it was all set to be a lovely new signet for Bonnie and Clyde. But the new pair of swans effectively forced them out by the male swan attacked Clyde. And he had to be put down. Oh, and then Clyde. Clyde was basically put down because he was just wasn't going to survive. And then I was sort of basically ended up spending hours and hours and hours in Figgett Park on the boardwalk, keeping an eye on Bonnie. So I'd basically go down at like six in the morning, with my little rug and my coffee, and just basically sit near her nest and basically give her sweet corn and stuff, and then try and keep the male swan away from her because he was intent on getting her out. Eventually, he was jumping on her nest and, tr- and basically trying to drown her. And she was trying to protect her eggs. Protect her eggs. Still there. Yeah. She had, like, no chance against him because he was a really big, aggressive swan, originally from Musselburgh. Right. What's um, his name? He's ne- 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 never been given, like, an official name. Okay. I think Doris locally may have called him Satan or Psycho Swan. Okay. Because of his... <laughs> Hello. Because of his nefarious activities. But eventually the SSPCA had to rescue Bonnie. So I was involved with supporting that rescue effort, which involved effectively a group of about five of us women were sheltering in the rain on the Harry Lauder Road under a big kind of like awning thing, or like an advertising sign, because she was under the bridge. Because he'd forced her off the nest and she'd flown into the burn. The Bonnie squad stepped in and we basically marshalled the troops and got the SSPCA out to rescue her. And they did and they brought her to Musselburgh, which is why I began coming to Musselburgh to check on Bonnie. And I then did the Edinburgh Festival Marathon to raise money for the SSPCA and raised over £700, a lot of which came from 40 people, which is fantastic. And Bonnie had kind of paired up with a swan here that we kind of nicknamed Charlie, so it's like Bonnie and Charlie. Okay. <laughs> um, but then, a swan called George from Queen Margaret Uni, he had four signets and a female partner, but his female partner was injured by a dog and so had to be rescued and taken away to rehabilitate. So he was then a single dad, and he flew down to the Esk in Musselburgh, met Bonnie a couple of times, and then she flew back to Queen Margaret, and she helped bring up the signets. Wow. One of whom is here, Tanita. So TZZ is one of the four signets that Bonnie basically adopted and raised with George. 
And so Bonnie's still at Queen Margaret? No, no, no. So Bonnie and George like flew off together for a while. All their signets have kind of grown and they've all flown off to different places. One's in Linlithgow. Uh-huh. The other two are... In Linlithgow? Knows? Yeah. They go so far. They go so far. So Tanita is the only one that stayed here in Musselburgh. Bonnie and George flew off together somewhere. Then they came back to QMU with Tanita. But then she sort of disappeared and she turned up back in Figgit Park a couple of weeks ago. Wow. And so I got a message on Facebook through the 40 people group going, Rosie, we think so it might be happening. It's like a soap opera. It is like a soap opera. So she basically ended up, <laughs> one Sunday I went down and she was just in the burn because she'd been chased there by the male swan. And I phoned up the volunteer group to say, can you help rescue her and get her away because the male swan would kill her. And so they came and we ended up shepherding Bonnie down Figgit Burn in Figgit Park. And eventually she was caught and put into an Ikea bag with her head sticking out and taken to Duddingston, where lots of swans hang out and it's beautiful there. And, and then she flew back to Figgit Park a few days later. Oh, what do you think she's looking for? Is I she think looking she's, for Clyde? No, I think she knows that Clyde's gone, but okay. it was her home for 20 years and she had something like 66 signets in her time there wow so she's just got this homing instinct and it's sort of that sense of well it's my kind of it's my home but the problem is there are two adult swans and four quite big signets there that will chase her away I saw the female swan stalking Bonnie down the burn Mm-hmm. And it was really frightening because you're just sort of seeing this predatory swan coming. But she hasn't been back for over a week. So I'm not sure where she is because she's not in Linlithgow. She's not in Duddingston. She's not in St. Margaret's Lock and she's not at QMU and she's not here. Okay. So she's somewhere safe because yeah. she's a fighter and she's pretty feisty. How old is she? She's 23. How old do they live, swans? Um, if they're looked after and protected up, up until 30. Okay. But female swans live longer than male swans uh-huh. because they are less aggressive and less likely to get into swan-to-swan confrontations. I mean, I see some of them pecking each other's yeah. necks. You know, like toddlers kind of squabble with each other. And it's not quite the same as like with hens with a pecking order. I'm a bit scared of swans. Right. Because um, they're huge and I think that they can be quite aggressive. I give them a space. <laughs> yeah. But well, you're really confident. I see yeah, you're just like well, they all, well, petting I mean, them. Well, they all know me. I mean, I've been down nearly every day since the 15th of January when the diesel slash petrol slash paint slash pollutants happened. I think if you're sort of respectful to them, give them space, it's fine. It's extremely rare for a swan to actually proactively attack a human being. Yeah. And the swans do recognise and remember people. So volunteers who do swan rescue, if they've seen fish hooks in swan necks and stuff, if they've been able to save their lives, the swans remember them for years afterwards. And they make special noises. So if Bonnie was here, she would make a kind of grunting noise at me because she recognises me. Or they kind of dip their heads. So when they see you, they dip their heads. And when they're happy, they wag their tails as well. I was there when Clyde was taken away by the SPCA. And so I heard him calling out for Bonnie. And I was just, like, in tears, going, she's going to be a single mum on her own. So just, just wanted to kind of help look after her. And it wasn't through any kind of, like, particular knowledge of swans. I did lots of Googling about them because people would start asking me questions about swan behaviour and then joined a group called Swan Watch UK on, on Facebook. I'm not a huge Facebook fan, but it is useful for sharing information. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing volunteer-led 
thing where a guy called Ryan does this amazing, like, basically signet count every year. You know, when the, the spill thing happened, I was just really, really terrified that they were going to die. And so the SPCA have taken away, I think it was like five to six swans who were really struggling. Okay. And then there's a really amazing lady locally called Patricia Enot, who works for an environmental charity. But she's walked the whole length of the air to where the actual spill happened in the water in her waders to actually see what was going on and then she's been doing a huge amount to highlight the challenge. She was saying to people on the local Facebook group, could people bring sweet corn and peas for the swans because feeding them in the water then was just a Mm no-no because they were basically just continuing to to re-imbibe the pollutant. So loads of Musselburgh folk just came out with lots of food for the swans so it was amazing really. And they love sweet corn, peas, lettuce, lettuce. I feed them floating swan food. What else do they eat naturally? What do they forage for? Like weeds and greenery. And then they eat grass. But they need kind of like high protein, especially when they are going to be nesting. So female swans really need to kind of bulk up before they start nesting, like properly nesting, because they'll sit on that nest for 42 days. One very odd thing that I saw in Figgit Park when, when Bonnie was nesting was people would like throw slices of bread on her nest. And I would say to them, would you mind not doing that? And they were like, well, why? And I was like, well, because rats will jump onto the nest. And there are rats in Figgit Park, and I've seen them swimming in the pond. And rats will attack eggs. Like wholemeal or granary bread isn't horrendous for swans. But white bread is, because it's just basically like processed. And they can't kind of digest it properly. So one of the issues that I saw in Figgit Park was just loads of rubbish on the bottom of the pond. Are you cooking this sweet corn? Yes, yeah, it's frozen sweet corn. (laughs) Extra mouths to feed. I do. There's a suspicion of wild creatures and a desire to effectively tamper with nature a little bit. You know, we're blessed to live in this environment with wild creatures near us. We should respect them. Absolutely. We need to take good care of them. They've broken broken into the swan food. (laughs) That's because Tanita knew what was in there. And they and saw you were distracted in exactly. me. I'm going to put the lid on just because okay. it's probably better for them in the water after yeah. a while. So I'm just going to put the lid on it. And they've spilled as much as they can. So these two swans here, their necks look quite black. Yeah. And that's from the pollutant. That's still there from the 15th of January, which is... Hello, it's okay. Pretty horrific, really. Fundraise for the SSPCA to save swans. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's it's an really, action that we yes, can have. That, that, if you've been moved by this beautiful If, you, if you've been love moved story, by this story, by the narrative, please consider fundraising for the SSPCA and feeding swans sweet corn and peas.